Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mindsets Podcast. We're back. I spent five months traveling Southeast Asia. I took the podcast equipment with me um, and today's podcast is going to be with someone I met while I was out there, which uh, was really cool. It was a really good opportunity to do and I'm really glad that you guys are able to listen to that now. Um, So you'll have seen from the title of this that it's a bit about fighting. Uh, The guy that I met uh, is a Muay Thai fighter. He's based out in Bali. His name's Yul. We'll get into more of the proper introductions. But first and foremost, I want to thank you guys for your support on some of the gym review videos I was doing as I traveled Southeast Asia um, and just generally staying in contact with the page. Without further ado, let's get into it. And uh, I'll let me introduce myself and you again when we're in Bali. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to the Mindsets Podcast. This is another episode. Uh, today I'm in Bali, which I might have already mentioned in the prelude to this. Uh, but I'm joined by Yule, who I met a few years ago. Um, and before I try and introduce you, do you want to do a better introduction of yourself? Yeah. Um, try that again. Um, so my name is Yule, uh, from England, 22. Uh, currently living in Bali and fighting and coaching in Muay Thai. Uh, and I've got my foot in a few other doors as well, but I'm not going to mention them okay. too tough on here. Okay, that's fine. No problem, no problem. Um, so before we kind of move into learning a bit about Muay Thai from mm-hmm. you, because I personally have a very little knowledge. Um, I mentioned to you before this, but I did freestyle karate when I was yeah. younger to a very low level. And I did it as like a six-month thing when your parents throw you in there for a holiday club. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much my knowledge. Other people might know more. Um, but do you want to give us a bit of a background of yourself before we get into Muay Thai today? Yeah, so I um, started off, well, I suppose with sports, I started off uh, with rugby when I was a lot younger. Um, then transitioned to karate for three, four years. Um, didn't stick at that. Found it quite boring after a while. Then transitioned to Krav Maga, which, as I said, they yeah, have realized is now bullshit uh, <laughs> after doing uh, Muay, uh you know Muay Thai yeah um then from there uh I didn't do anything I was just gymming for a while okay uh transitioned to American football and then from American football I've transitioned to Muay Thai okay yeah. so quite it seems like quite smooth transitions yeah but as along the way there were little things that drove that so mm-hmm. you've mentioned before to me that you first got into sport um because like me, as a child, you had a little bit of puppy fat. Yep. Um, and then my you brother found... would say whale blubber. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I had that one in my family as well. Um, and then you sort of had a, an interest in the forces, which then got you through. But your transition from doing American football uh, into more sort of martial arts happened sort of over COVID time. Is that yeah. sort of right? Yeah. And I think that's, it's pretty, it's pretty often when you talk to people about what happened over COVID. There's a lot of changes in people's lives over that year or Huge. two years because people were locked in, yep. social life didn't really exist. You were at uni, right? Uh, I was, yeah. I just started at BCU in Birmingham. Right. So, pretty awful time to go to uni. Time um, to go to uni. <laughs> so, I can see kind of why, as well as doing American football there, you were looking at other things to sort of do with your time. Because one of the only things you could do is if you were going out, you had to be going somewhere to do something. Yes. Um, so, you said you... There's a gym or something in Birmingham that you discovered? Yeah, so there was a gym called Renegade, Team Renegade, um, which is an MMA gym. Um, as I said, the leading, I'd say, I'd say in my opinion, the leading gym in the UK at the moment for MMA. Uh, you know, they got the Leon Edwards for those of don't know, that's the UFC welterweight champion. 
Okay. I believe. Yep. Uh, got Ben Wallace, who's a glory kickboxer. They've got they've got other huge names there now. Um, who else have they got? Arnold Allen, again UFC. Uh, Jai Herbert. Lot of big UK names and a lot of guys who are in the UFC from the UK, uh, which is, you know, always nice to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've then discovered that. Um, how do you go from Birmingham and being a uni student to now being a fully fledged adult living completely abroad and still doing uh, a form of martial art? So, I mean, after after I played, I think I played my last season of American football in Birmingham um, with you and um get the name Tamworth Tamworth Phoenix yep. yeah Tamworth uh wasn't wasn't the greatest season um I think I I'd already fallen out with of love with America football at that point so uh I trans- yeah after that I kind of you know, was finding England a little bit yeah it was it wasn't for me uh uni wasn't for me um you know, as it, as it is for a lot of people, but I was lucky enough to have family over here. Right. Uh, so, you know, my mum was like, why don't you go see your brother for a little while? Help out of him. You know, he's just had a baby and he's a wife, so they needed a bit of help. So, like, why don't you go out there for a few months and help um, and end up coming out here and the rest is history. End up staying. I was supposed to come out for three months and I've been here for a year and a half. Yeah. Okay. So, you've come out here, you discovered this place, which is just Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. And alarm bells ringing when I heard you were doing Muay Thai in Bali was, it's not Muay Bali or Muay Indonesia, it's Muay, Muay Thai. Thai. Yeah. So you haven't gone across to Thailand or you got any desires to go across to Thailand to maybe? I have not. I place. have got desires to go across to Thailand. Um, I'm going on holiday in there in two weeks. Oh, cool. So holiday, it's a holiday from a holiday is what yeah, it feels yeah. like at the moment. Um, so I'm going over there in two weeks, but I would, I would like to. I'd like to yeah. go over there. The style in Thailand's hugely different. To Bali, so I'd say Bali, Indonesia. Um, the style here is definitely feels more K1, which is kickboxing, right? So, for those that don't know, Muay Thai the main difference between Muay Thai is the fact that you can clinch, you can elbow, um, you can catch and sweep, so you can take uh, opponents down to the ground. Um, not like wrestling, but you can't, you know, you can't take them down by the legs, but you can. You can sweep them with your feet. In kickboxing, you're not allowed to do that. In kickboxing, it's basically boxing and just kicks. Uh, when you clinch together, it's like boxing where if you're holding each other, you know, that's it. Okay. You can maybe throw one knee and then you get uh, split up. Um, so, yeah, the style here is definitely a lot different. So, if I was to go over to Thailand, it would be a bit of a shock, a I reckon. A, yeah. a learning. A learning curve, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, at the minute, you now that you're out here... Um, are you looking more at coaching, learning these different styles, maybe going into more competing? I don't know what you've been doing since you've been out here, really. A, a bit of a bit of everything. Like I, initially, I was just here. I just wanted to train, um, and then three months again. I get thrown into things quite quick. So three months into training, these guys are like, "Oh, do you want to do you want to fight?" Right. And I was like, oh, "Yeah, you know, why not?" Turned out to be a three man tournament, no, a four man tournament. Mm-hmm. So my first experience of, you know, my first proper experience of, it was it was a kickboxing fight. So was it kickboxing or, or Muay Thai? No, it was kickboxing. My first experience of a kickboxing fight and I had three fights in one day. Wow. So, <laughs> you know, we were... Pretty intense. Three yeah, minutes deep. End. You know, we, we were wearing, wearing shin guards. 
Yeah. Uh, wearing headgear, although it's just pointless. This headgear is like is like so thin. Shin guards are basically socks just to stop your okay. shins from cutting, so you still feel bone to bone. Uh, and again, it's like every other. It's like oh, you know, only only a tester for people. Eighty percent. Shit, wasn't eighty percent. Yeah, man. yeah. You know, um, I end up getting paired with you know with one guy at the end. His name's Aaron Aaron Jones. Shout out to him. He's a good fighter. He'd been doing it for nine years. I've been doing it for three months. He fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I rate that. I rate him not taking it easy. Like, yeah, yeah, got to, got yeah. Teach you your lessons. Although I'm sure if you ask him, he'll probably say he took it easy. I mean. Yeah, yeah, of course he would. Mm. Um, interestingly, actually, as well, with with Hull coming out of here, and then you got thrown into the deep end pretty quickly with that. Very, very different thing. I when I uh, was a bit younger before I went to uni, I relocated myself to the Alps. I became a ski bum for a while. Okay. One of the things I find really interesting about your move is. When I went, I went with a load of English people because we were going out there to work. Mm -hmm. So I was in the same boat as everyone around me and we all kind of felt comfortable in that way because of that. You said you came out here because, you know, your brother's out here and you've got a family out here. But socially, you've obviously left a lot of friends behind and still a lot of family. Yeah. How do you, how did you find that, that move? Was it quite sort of, not lonely, but kind of Um, difficult in any way? Initially... Initially, it was it was a bit a bit of a shock. Uh, yeah, initially it was a bit of a shock, but I kind of got here. I was quite I was quite busy with helping out with my nephew. Um, but I mean, I, I'm 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 pretty good at staying in contact with the guys, with some of the guys back home, some of my old friends. So, you know, luckily FaceTime and WhatsApp and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, initially it felt a bit lonely, and then. I don't know. I don't know whether you you experienced this, but after a while with traveling, you kind of start to just. I just. I love my own company now. Yeah, I get that. I really like. I'm a bit. Kind of get used to. Yeah, I'm a bit. I'm do. a bit of a loner at the moment. Like if I'm not at the gym, I'm by myself or I'm with my girl. But that's it. Kind of it. Yeah. Do Do you find that the gym, like, if you didn't have the gym though, that you'd probably try and replace that with something else because that's a big portion of your time or do you see the gym as a way to invest everything positively and kind of keep yourself focused and going keep a keep away from thinking oh I want my boys to come out or I want to go back home all of that yeah I would I would say if I didn't have gym I don't know what I'd be doing yeah yeah I don't know what I've been you know I've been fitness has been a huge thing for me since 12 yeah um like even after school Everyone would go out. I'd go, yeah. I'd go gym. Um, you know, I'd, I'd go do some training or something like that. So I have no idea what I do about gym. So it obviously big reliance. It's, it's kind of similar to me. Unfortunately, traveling around, um, backpacking is really hard to stick to a routine. Just because, yeah. obviously, I don't know where it's good to eat. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to get uh, my nutrition right. As a result, then if I'm in a new place every three days, I've got to try and find a gym. Yeah. They cost different amounts. It's it's a bit difficult. As I've been going around Asia on like a TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that, I've been posting gyms that I've been going to. So if anyone else is in the same boat, hopefully yeah. they can find a gym that's somewhat decent. Um, I found some shockers as well, which is hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's been it's been quite interesting trying to keep up with it. One thing that I think is huge though is I do miss the routine of sort of fitness mm-hmm. in a way. Um, Obviously, I've completely lost that, and I, I enjoy not having the routine of work right now. But um, what is your routine now that you're grounded in a situation, sort of weekly, on a normal week, just at the sort of the moment? Um, routine is, well, when, I mean, when, what, when it comes to fitness? 
yeah, just sort of sort of how you approach sort of being here, uh, whether you're coaching, training yourself, or that sort of thing. How how are you approaching that um, on a weekly basis to continue your sort of improvement? Because, like you said, you've got this thing for fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, it's five five six days a week at the gym. Uh, it's pretty it's a pretty stable one. Morning, um, you know, Monday to Friday, um, here helping out. Uh, usually, I train after that. Or I try to train. Depends how I'm feeling. Um, and then, you know, as, as, at the moment, I suppose it's definitely training twice a day. Training twice a day. As, wow. That's twice, twice a day, maybe uh, Monday to Friday, if we can. Um, it depends because, you know, it depends on how the guys and their situations are at the moment. Like if they're working, if they've got private clients. Yeah. Um, if I've got other family things going on. But yeah, when when no one has when no one's prepping for a fight, it's like you know maybe maybe once a day, okay, for an hour hour and a half. But when we're prepping for a fight, then twice a day. Yeah, intense. Is that based. So one thing that I haven't got a full grasp on is you obviously see huge boxing matches. They'll be watching film of the other fighter. With martial arts sports, is that as prevalent? Is it is it something you do? You watch tape on the person that you're going to be fighting? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, as you, you know, when you get to professional level, yeah, I'm not at professional level. Um, but you know, definitely, it definitely gives you the edge if you if you can analyze your if you can analyze your opponent. You know, it's the same as American football. Like you figure out, oh, you know, if they take a step to the right, it means that they want to do this, or if they do, you know, if certain you can certain hand signals or something like that. I definitely think as like an athlete, it's um, you can obviously get your body right, but one of the biggest sort of advantages you can get mentally is yeah. kind of at least having an idea of what the other person is going to do. So uh, it's when you'd mentioned that you were doing tournaments with three or four people in a day, mm. I don't know how normal that is, but it's obviously very difficult to prepare for three or four people in one day by yeah. watching tape or everything. I mean, I mean, with that, there was there was no watching tape. Yeah. You, you just pull up and you kind of, yeah. Adjust on the fly. Adjust, yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the thing, that's the thing with, with martial arts and fighting is it's like you have to be able to adjust so quickly. Yeah. So quickly. Especially, you know, Muay Thai, uh, you know, three rounds, three minutes in one championship. And obviously they've, you know, professionals, so they've got a lot of tape on each other. But if someone pulls out something that you haven't seen, you have to be able to read it and just yeah. so quickly. These guys, these guys' minds are, they're yeah. so sharp. So, like I thought American football was sharp, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's a different speed with this. Something, something I've actually been, uh, I did a little bit of reading this morning, so I didn't look completely clueless or mm-hmm. I didn't have to pretend I knew you were saying a lot of the time. But with, um, martial arts especially out in asia and specifically muay thai that i was looking up the scoring system is very different to other things like boxing in the way of the whole fight yeah is looked at is that right yeah yeah so how do you how do you win a muay thai fight what goes into <sighs> what constitutes a win over your opponent rather than just so, getting more hits in a certain area muay, muay thai like traditional muay thai you go back to like you go into thailand um and you have in there the traditional fights over there. You get points for strikes, right? Sweeps. So I think I, I'm not I'm not hugely knowledgeable on the point system because I'm a bit of an idiot. And some like with my fights, I've never gone for points. I've just gone for the knockout. Well, yeah, <laughs> Back, it's backfired on me every time. <laughs> so I'll say I haven't learned my lesson. But um, in in Thailand, you get points for aggression. So if you're backing up too much, you get deducted points after a while. Okay. You know, um. You get points for obviously the strikes and the sweeps and the elbows. Um, 
you get points for technique. So if you're technically very good and your form looks good, you can get points for that. Um, what else can you get points for? That's the main ones, I think, at the moment. That's the main ones. But um, traditional Muay Thai, it also depends on rounds as well. Right. Round one in traditional Muay Thai is usually a warm-up round. So okay. it doesn't really get... Is that because you're trying to figure each other yeah. out a little bit? Right. Okay. So if you, if you watch like old-school Muay Thai, you'll see they're very... They're, they're very they're just finding their rhythm, fight figuring out their opponent's rhythm. You know, maybe one shot here, one shot here, just to see what their reaction is. Round two, it starts to warm up. Round four is really where it's at in the old-school Muay Thai. Round four is if you win that round... You, you want to make sure you win that round. Right. Okay. Even if you've even if you've won the others, you still want to make sure you win that round because that's a real big okay. the real big score. Um so yeah, traditional Muay Thai, it depends on rounds as well. Now nowadays if you watch like one championship, then try and light each other up from round one. A lot really? Of, yeah. A lot of time. Straight out of the game. Yeah, trying to. Do you think that's an influence from other martial yeah, arts? Yeah, as well? I I, I think I, I think so. I think it's um I think it's definitely an influence from like Western culture as well. Yeah. Um, the style of Western Muay Thai and the style of Thai Muay Thai. Every every Muay Thai style from different parts of the world is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got like you have the guy, you, you have the Dutch guys who are very heavy on leg kicks, right? But they'll they'll you know they'll box they'll they'll use their hands a lot, but they throw a lot of leg kicks. The UK guys like to box a lot of the time. They like their hands. Thais good with their kicks. Yeah. In in terms of training for that, then obviously. You guys train the way that you guys fight here in Indonesia. So a training session, um, a little heads up as well for anyone listening or watching to this. Um, after this, you're always going to train me and it's going to be hilariously embarrassing. <laughs> so if you're interested in kind of what moves look like or anything like that, um, or maybe what they could look like, then uh, that will be posted at some point as well. Um, but before we, I obviously don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um how do you guys train for sport? Because one thing that I'm also trying to spread through this podcast is um, we've done an NFL player, we've done a cyclist, neither of which trained remotely in a similar way. Yeah. And I imagine that fighters don't really train like an NFL D lineman or a Paralympic cyclist. No, no, they don't. But do you know, do you know what's interesting is this is one thing I, I think my, I don't know, I have a method to my madness, but one thing that I think is massively trans like I think if you took an NFL player and put them into any sport, they'd flip and dominate. They are so strong, their agility is insane, their speed, their just their reaction time. Yeah. I think if you took a an NFL player and you put them into a, a martial art and they you know, apart from with a huge muscle, if they kind of whittled yeah. that down a little bit, focus on their their flexibility, mobility, I think they'd dominate. So I've taken some of the training that we've done in yeah. American football and I've transferred it to this. Yeah? Yeah. Because I can say, I, I, I haven't seen you since you moved out here. You look bigger, but you look, I don't know how to describe it, your physique is definitely more of a fighter. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've lost weight since I've been out here. I've lost, like, I think eight kilos. Like, my natural oh, body wow. weight back when was 88 and I was 80. Wow. It's still heavy for me. I'm, you know, five foot seven. Moving a lot. Yeah. yeah. A lot quicker. My mobility... I feel a lot of mobility. Uh, that's that's a lot of the main focus. I think that's the thing that you're going to be shocked at today. Is my mobility is shocking. I'm sure it's not as bad as some people I've seen. Man. We'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But interestingly, like I think mobility is such an overlooked thing as well. Hundred um, percent. So, 
Do you find that a lot of your sessions rely on the mobility in terms of like stretching or are you, are you training the mobility? It really depends on what's coming up. So, um, yeah, I train mobility twice a week. I used to completely neglect it. And I think a lot of people do. And just even if you're not doing any sports, I think it's, it's, it's like the benefits from it are ridiculous. Yeah. Like you have the, you know, not even necessarily little pains that you realize that you had, but you start training it and you just, you get up in the morning, you feel a bit looser. Um, you just feel better. Uh, just, you know, instead of just doing weights 24 seven, you, you just feel all stiff and whatnot. Um, you say doing weights 24 seven as well with, with fighting, how much of the time are you spent sort of, uh, practicing combos or like hitting a bag in comparison to lifting weights and, yeah, a lot, a lot more, a lot more, a lot more. So I mean, weights max three, max three times a week. Okay, maybe, maybe twice. I think two, two, two full body sessions, and then the rest, the two mobility sessions. I kind of, it kind of mixes between strength and mobility, but it's not, um, it's not like, yeah, it's strengthening your muscles in a lengthened position. So there's uh, someone that I'm training with at the moment. They're called, uh, forget the name. His name's PJ. Um, let me just get his account on here and I will tell you. Uh, flex, uh, flexibility ma uh, Maestro? Okay. Yeah, Flexibility Maestro on Instagram. It's helped me so much. Yeah? So much. Like, it, it, it's been a lot of very basic movements, like just a lunge, but it'll be a lunge in, like, as length in the position you can go. Okay. So you're just working the small muscles. Or you're just working the the muscle in the in the like the longest yeah longest form that it can take. Yeah, yeah. Because um, what you find with a lot of people is that they're not. It's not that their flexibility is horrible. It's that they're not strong enough to have their muscles in a lengthened position. Right. Because they never they've never had to. Yeah, yeah. You know, so if you you know if you have people who were to do a head kick, and you have to try and get your head your your leg all the way up, it's not that they can't do that in the splits. It's just that they're not strong enough to get there or be able to support the muscle as it yeah, goes yeah. up. I think that's something that I'm going to find quite interesting in our little session later is having traveled around Asia and like I said, not having a, a routine that's structured or anything like that before, like last year I was doing this thing and I was in a really good routine of stretching every day, mm -hmm. going to the gym most days of the week and strengthening. Yeah. In the, in the length of position, I was doing like squats and instead of trying to continue up in my squat, I was aware that my, I wasn't getting as low as I probably should do. And I wanted to be past the point of it being questionable. Yeah. So I literally went back to the beginning and started again from baby weight in the lengthened position and getting my body comfortable, just sat at the bottom of the squat. Yeah. And it's interesting when you come out here because one, I've fallen out of that routine. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to reach those positions, but there's, there's the thing called the Asian sit, right? Which is where you'll just see people <laughs> sit on the side the of the road, sat on their ankles. And it's just a thing you don't see at home. And it's so, insane me attempting to sort of do that when I'm trying to kill time waiting for a train or a bus or something it's getting harder because I'm not stretching and I'm not forcing my body mm -hmm. into those positions all the time so I am interested to see when we're doing some of these things and what you consider like fighters mobility how much I have dropped off in my own opinion and how different that is from the guys you normally work with yeah um so I think that that'll be something that could potentially just you know embarrass myself um but on mobility you said that that's something that you've started to include a lot more um, and you, you find really important. Is there anything else that you sort of physically have learned and you think is probably a lesson you wish you had learned earlier 
in sport or in Muay Thai? Physically. Just the sort of little things that you wish you did never did. Like a lot of people I know that go to the gym now, they they used to do um, push pull legs. Mm-hmm. They used to go three times a week, and then they've realised that actually for them that probably isn't the most efficient thing. Yeah. Um, is there anything sort of in the way that you used to train or the way you used to approach fitness that you're you're glad you don't do anymore? Um, lifting the crazy heavy weights. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not necessary unless I needed it for American football. Okay. It wasn't absolutely not necessary. So just chasing weight is chasing, you know, chasing weight. Again, you know, sports specific for American football. That was it was good, going up against you know O linemen, D linemen, flipping huge running backs and whatnot. It's good to be able to push a lot of weight, but apart from that, it just had no benefit. I just felt stiff. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 sure. I I feel like uh, yeah, just, just hitting big weight. That's the main one. Is it partly to do with... So I've heard this from... I can't remember. It was a very famous bodybuilder that said that you had to master the weight. And I feel like in martial arts, there's a lot of mastering the technique. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, you'll see people um, that are trying to progress through something massively, whatever it is, whatever kind of training, without focusing on the minor details. And in actual fact, if you spend time focusing on the minor details, you get a much better output. Yeah, so much better. Um, and so I wonder if it's the kind of similar thinking from martial arts training technique into even when it comes to weightlifting is just becoming a master and being in control of what you're doing all the time um, that then gets overlooked. But interestingly as well, have you found that as you've transitioned through different sports and different ways of training, Mm. do you feel that Muay Thai is the one that sits with you mentally the best in the way that you train, the way you take care of your body? Oh Yeah, yes and no. Okay. Muay Thai is, is fucking painful. <laughs> this is what I was going to move into. The pain versus it's, the reward. It's painful and you kind of got to accept that. And if you don't accept that, then you're in the wrong, definitely the is wrong there, sport. Be honest. Is there a little sick part of you that kind of enjoys the pain sometimes? After? Yeah. Uh, like, actually no. Uh, after? Not so. Ah, uh, it's, it's a tough one. That's a, <laughs> that is a tough one. I would say... After it feels good that you've enjoyed, you've been able to go through, and you've proved to yourself that you can enjoy all of that. Yeah, and you can, you know, it wasn't as bad as it always you always think it is. Yeah, like right, you know, before when the adrenaline's still going, even before sparring. Sometimes when we have hard spars here, I've got adrenaline going, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be painful. But then after, it's never as bad as you really think it is. Yeah. and after a week, you know, things start to ease out a lot more. Um, for sure, yeah. But are there are there those days where you wake up and you feel like you've been hit by a car and you're just like why? One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. How do you how do you cope with that out here? Because obviously you're kind of, I'm assuming you're you're kind of your own boss in a sense with with your training. Mm-hmm. Do you ever with rest? If you've had like a pretty brutal sparring session and the next day you're feeling like I'm supposed to go to the gym, I'm supposed to do some mobility. Do you ever just go, I need to stick to that, or do you just say, do you know what, today it's probably best if I don't. Now, nah, if it's a weekday, I try to stick to it. Uh, it's, it's, I think, with as being able to work around injuries, if you do get them, or little, you got. I think you've got to start to di- uh, differentiate what if something is an injury or if it just hurts. Right. With this, like if it just hurts, then you kind of have to get on with it. If it's an injury, then you try to work around it. So, I don't know if I've messed up my leg and I can't move it. Then what can I do with my hands? Yeah. And if you know. At the end of all of that, it's like if I can't do that, what is something I can do that I just keep moving a little bit so I don't stiffen up? 
And I had the same mentality in American football, which is if you can't do any of that, what can I do with IQ? Yeah. There's something to keep doing, to keep training. Keep progressing, even keep, if like, yeah. physically you can't, yeah. then there's something else you can do. I like that. And it, do you find, generally speaking, there's, there's like a balance between what you're putting in physically and what you're putting in mentally? Sometimes social things that happen outside, I often find I rely on sports and exercise massively to sort of, not as, like, not as, not as deep as therapy, mm-hmm. but quite a lot of the time I'll let a lot of the energy or stresses that I have out into the sport. But at the same time, sometimes things happen in the sport that come out and they affect me socially. Do you find that you've got a pretty even balance here? Because I don't go around punching things or like kicking things as hard as I can. I can imagine that the output from that at times can be like unbelievably good when you're feeling a bit stressed and yeah. stuff about the rest of life. But at the same time, you said that you've been beating the shit out of a couple of times. Mm-hmm. How does that work on the flip side? Because um, is, is it a bit of an ego thing as well? It can knock your ego a little bit. Yeah, I mean, for sure. For sure, it can definitely knock your ego. It's, you know, you could be putting in all the work and then, you know, you just have a bad day or things just aren't going to plan or you're overthinking too much and then you feel like you just, everything that you've done just goes to shit. Right. Yeah. It, that. But you have to kind of just take a step back and learn that it's just one day. It might not you've be like got that. another week coming yeah. up, another guy in front of you. Um, but that can, that, you know, that can be hard to do. That can be really hard to do. And especially, you know, I don't know, especially when it's like, you know, uh, I wouldn't say it's ego, but if you if you get, you know, knocked out or if someone hits a good shot and people are watching, yeah, it's, it is at the end of the day, like you, you feel like, oh, that's, you know, it's not it's not embarrassing. I wouldn't say it's embarrassing, but it definitely feels like oh, I put in all this hard work and I just got proved. Right. Yeah. yeah. Got proven, you know, that it wasn't as hard as I could Do you find there's a big difference in how you fight then if there are people watching and if you're just, if it's just you two? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely having eyes on you is is there's added pressure for sure, uh, and I I assume I I don't know I haven't been, I'm not experienced enough to say whether it fades over time or if it doesn't. Um, I'd like to think it does, but you know, yeah, uh, maybe people just I, I see a lot of people who get good at you can see a lot of people who get good at um, using the crowd oh, as yeah. extra okay extra kind of you know added pressure but in a good way right because. I, again, in some reading, one thing that I, I saw a couple of videos of people doing Muay Thai fighting, which were terrifying for one, but um, in like some of the rounds, they'd be putting like their hand up, celebrating, which, which I've seen in boxing before, mm-hmm. it's kind of showboating, stuff like that. But I've heard it's actually like quite an important thing for like fighters recognize when one thinks one's winning and that sort of thing in, in the sport. And is that part of the controlling the crowd a little bit as well, do you think? Or is that just sort of a secret conversation that's going on? So, what do you mean? As in using that as a kind of a mental battle? Yeah, it's like a tool in the fight. I think I think a hundred percent that is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing worse than, you know, feeling like you've given your all, and then someone kind of just either smiles at you or, uh, like you can see they're very confident, and you're not in that position. Yeah. And I haven't experienced it with the crowd, whether um, you know, people use the crowd against others. I feel like that'd be a great weapon. Yeah. Like yeah. if you if you've got the whole crowd booing for you and you're not in a good mental state, I can't imagine that's easy. Yeah. At all. Do you do you do you even have like a an idea of how you'd approach? I mean, it's it's kind of a situation where your back is quite literally up against the wall mm-hmm. sometimes. Have you have you had many fights where you've been in that position and sort of 
what's your thought process to sort of deal with that? Because I can imagine the first time it's like, oh my God, what, what do I do? But if you've said that you've had a few fights that maybe haven't gone your way, is there, are you starting to develop a mental process of like, okay. So I haven't, you know what, like when, when I say I've had five fights, right? So only two of, no, only one of them has had like a huge crowd. When I say, I say huge crowd. <laughs> I'd say maybe like 100, 200 people. That's, that's which is still quite, people which still, which still quite a lot. Um, um, and yeah, again, that that was one that kind of I went in with this very relaxed mindset, and when things didn't start to go the way, and you you don't even hear the crowd going, "Ooh, yeah, yeah." Like I remember, um, I remember feeling the pain after, but I, we were I was I had an exchange, and then I don't know he caught me with a with a switch kick. And I, I heard the slap, but it didn't hurt. But then I, that was the only time I've heard the crowd go, ooh. I was like, really? Is it that bad? Oh, and okay. that was like, that affected me. I'm like, well, if everyone else has seen it, but I haven't, something's not right here. Okay. And it kind of just gone back downhill. Then you're kind of like overthinking yeah. what's going on. Overthinking massively. And it's like, oh shit, I don't want to get hit with that again. And then, But the minute you start going with that, it's like, oh, I don't want to get hit with that again. You get a lot of these people who they utilize, they'll, they'll um, what's it called? Capitalize on that. So they'll start to like, they'll fake and then you start to, you, you know, because you're already aware of that, you start to flinch and then it opens up loads of other things. So then you start to just spiral. So interestingly, that, that seems like it's just going to be a huge experience thing. Do you find that the more successful or, or harder to fight people are a few years older than you because they've got more of that under their belt? Or is it just a thing that, it's a, it's a difficult question that I'm trying to work out here, but like, I can imagine with a lot more experience, that becomes far less of an issue. Yeah. because you've been in so many more fights oh, yeah. so is there in terms of like other sports prime age is often your athletic prime which is like 19 to 21 mm-hmm. is that the same in martial arts, martial arts that you've discovered no nah, you you know i think obviously there's a certain age you get to where age starts to affect yeah. you but definitely with martial arts is definitely i i feel like there's a few there's few cases but a lot of the time these days it seems to be like the, uh, you know the little bit older you are the better okay. like if you're at, in between 25 35 mm-hmm. i think that's a good age okay you've had you know you've had a lot of fights you've had a lot of experience you're more confident in yourself you know who you are yeah you know as you're as you're younger you're kind of just filled up on testosterone you just want to of course yeah, yeah. Pull, fire out um but like i i'm only i'm only saying that from the the point of view of like if you watch ufc now or if you watch a lot of these Muay Thai fights. A lot of the guys though, in the you know, they're like 32, 33, cha- in the 33 years old, and they're champions. Yeah. But they've only just become champions, like in the last three years, four years. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like they were 19 years old and. Yeah, yeah. They've had to. It's not only, I guess, working on that craft because I guess when they were three years younger, they might have been technically as good, but mm-hmm. waiting on how to how to approach the fight right and everything like that, which I guess is is true. You see fighters change their coaching all the time, like who's doing their prep, everything like that. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of part of it as well as finding that right balance between literally everything in order for that prep to go the way it needs to go and then kind of go into that fight with that confidence. It definitely, I mean, it definitely seems to be that way in the West. I mean, you know, as like you've been talented. I don't know if you've been to any of the gyms there, but the kids there are training from like seven years old. Yeah, I, I mean, I was. I like to think I was one of those kids for that six months, but in hindsight, I mean, it wasn't like a real, yeah, proper gym. So, I I've seen some kids. I've seen like parents taking their kids off to do these different like camps and stuff like that. And I, 
I see them and I'm starting to think like they they probably are like 10, 12 year olds that could genuinely like dominate me in a fight because they've been doing it since they were seven and they've got five years on me. Mm-hmm. Even though like I do like to think in my head, I'm like, ah, it's a 12 year old. I genuinely think there's probably a good number of 12 year olds in this world that are experienced enough with their training to at least make me question who I am. <laughs> uh, so that's a tough one. Because I, I, do, do you find that you get really young kids in here? We don't. We don't. Really? Not not here. Not so much. Um, this gym is more, we kind of get a lot of tourists. Right. So very, we've got a huge, we've got like a, our core group, but we've got a very big influx of uh, tourists who come here for like two weeks, just want to experience the... Do you find they're first timers? Yeah, a lot, a lot of them. them. Okay, yeah, yeah. A lot of them are first timers. Um, but yeah, the kids, not so much. I think in Indonesia, the, uh, you get a lot of kids in Indonesia do like taekwondo, mm-hmm. karate. Uh, like as I said, I think it's, it's that's not it's not bad to start with. Um, it's good for mobility and whatnot. But yeah, yeah. as a taekwondo for um, like like an actual comp, like you know one on one exchange, yeah. I don't think it's that good. Okay, because one thing I was gonna I was gonna ask is, say these tourists are coming out. Mm-hmm. And I assume some of them. Will put, well, I'd I'd like to think that a lot of them are catching the bug for it. When they go home, are they finding other places to continue training Muay Thai? And could you see yourself ever kind of doing what you're doing now, but back in the UK? Or... As in what? As in training over there? As in, yeah. Could you ever see yourself now going back to the UK and continuing training Muay Thai or even just being back in the UK now? I don't see myself going back there anytime soon, but if I went back, I'd 100% continue. Continue? 100%. Find a gym, start your own thing? I'm not that experienced yet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Give it like 20 years, maybe. 20, yeah, 30 yeah. years. Oh. But I'd 100% go find a gym out there. Yeah, at 100%. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, and try and stick to the sort of routine you're doing now. Yeah, if I can. Yeah. If I can. Um, you don't think that you'd... I think the thing that I always find interesting is different different sports in different countries. So from the UK and from a lot of Western countries, it's very normal for people to be going to the gym and that kind of be their only sport. You don't think there's any danger that you just slip into, oh, maybe I'll just go to Pure Gym down the road for like a quick session. And then you're spending less time on Muay Thai or do you think now you're so like this is your sport no nah, this it. is this is 100% the sport like even I love that. even if exactly. even if even if I went back um I've got a few weights in my garage you know I'd, I'd find some way to get a punching bag or something like that or I'd just find a gym near me that's really cool I can't yeah it's it's, it's a weird one you, I think you'll hear a lot of people they'll go up to Thailand and they just get like weirdly addicted to it uh even if it's just as a hobby but they just, just the whole, yeah, it becomes kind of a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, yeah, it 100% comes, becomes kind of a lifestyle. And I just, if you're doing it as a hobby, I don't see, there's like, I don't see any um, negative effects of it. Like, you're, you know, you, you see these guys in Thailand who are like 50 years old and their mobility is insane. Yeah. Because they've been doing martial arts. And from what I've seen, like, I think one of the things that people forget I, is, you don't need to go to a, a pure gym or a conventional gym for you, for you to be in shape. Like, 100%. Do, training for these sports properly, it's surprising. I mean, even at the extremes, of like you'll see these celebrities go on to like strictly come dancing and they mm. get in shape so quick. And it's like the actual sport will take care of it. Yeah, you yeah, a lot of the time. Be, you don't need to think like, oh, how am I going to fit this in with, how am I going to fit a new sport or a new hobby in with going to the gym or anything like that or going on my run five times a week? Quite often... 
you can reduce the amount you do that thing yeah. and increase the amount you do that and it'll be a perfect harmony. But also the crazy thing is, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to hate on people at the moment, okay. is I think the method of training these days is so is so rubbish. There's so much rubbish on the internet that, um, that I see. People overcomplicate stuff so much. If you went to a gym and all they had was a barbell, a bench, a squat rack, and I mean, that's all you needed. If they had a few medicine balls, it'd be great. You can make it work. Something heavy to pick up, something heavy to like squat and bench press. You're doing, you're doing, you're doing better. I think it's, I think it's so much more beneficial than going and doing like bicep curls and yeah, yeah, car phases and whatnot. I mean, obviously they have their benefits, you know, uh, in their in their own path. But just as general fitness, you can do so much of so little. Have you got any advice then for people that are either getting into? Well, it's quite broad. I was going to say getting into um, martial arts primarily, but fitness, because you've gone into multiple different sports and ways of training for them. Mm -hmm. Have you got any advice for people that are listening to this, maybe thinking, maybe I want to give Krav Maga, I'm not uh, not Krav Maga, (laughs) Um, but like Muay Thai or or like other other, uh, martial arts. Have you got any advice for people that are in the UK or even listening from anywhere about kind of how to approach it? Uh, Okay, with martial arts... I think number one is focus on technique. Don't don't try to do any anything fancy. Focus on technique, and if you want to compete, focus on IQ. That's not that's that's the main two. Focus on technique. The speed and power will come along with it. Okay, and to do that, sort of, is there anything you'd look for in a gym to get you going? To feel like you were you were going to be developing yourself. You're not just signing up somewhere and and. Is it anything you what you look for in like the coaching? Yeah, yeah. Kind of what would you look for if you were looking back on what you've received? Their attention to detail. So if they're if they're you know some gyms different gyms different gyms are different. Uh, different gyms are different. Um, different gyms have different ways of of testing their their newcomers. Like a, a lot of boxing gyms, they spar hard, so they might throw you in the deep end. Uh, it's not always a bad thing. It's kind of just to test you, but. That's just to see where you. That's just for them to see where you are, and after that, their attention to detail. Whether if you know if you feel like you're just getting picked on, or if they're just constantly saying, "Oh no, you're not doing it right," don't take it personally. Just, just listen. Listen to your coach. I think that's a huge thing I get with people here. Is no, a lot of people you realize they don't listen. You tell them to do something, they're not even looking at you. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, like do this with your feet. They're not even looking at your feet. They don't listen. Um. So I, yeah. Listen, attention to detail and technique when it comes to martial arts. When it comes to fitness or, yeah, when it comes to fitness, I'd say compound lifts. Compound lifts, number one. Don't focus on trying to get bigger biceps or whatnot. Focus on trying to get a better squat, a better bench press. Deadlifts, I don't like them, personally. I don't. I don't think the risk to reward ratio ratio is worth it. I'm on your side with that, uh, especially for sports. But in general, fitness, you don't need to be lifting like crazy heavy, like hundreds and hundreds of kilos. But if you, you know, if you get a decent a decent base, I think a lot of people forget. You know, have have a decent structure. So yeah, squats will help with your. What's weight. your thoughts on like calisthenics and like body weight training, basically, as well? I I, I love it. I used to I used to do it down in. Down in um, Brixton, Brixton Street Gym. Oh yeah, I used to go there when I was when I was young for years, and all we would do is pull ups, push ups, and like we do weighted squats. Yeah, but that was it, pull ups and push ups. And those guys are some of the strongest guys I've ever met in my whole life. 
they are their 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 control of body weight is insane. Yeah, like seeing some of the stuff that they can do is just, and you, you know you could be lifting a hundred kilos, but these guys can like, I don't know if you know what a, uh, a front lever is. I've heard it. So it's where you like hang off a bar. Yeah. And then your legs, you just bring them up and you just, you're kind of horizontal to the ground. Oh, it's, yeah. To be able to do that. Crazy. Your core, and it has to be insane. Yeah. You know, and that's just body weight. So. Yeah, Yeah, focusing on Calisthenics, I think, is a great way to start. Yeah. You know, push-ups. Funny story, when I started, uh, when I started my fitness journey, I couldn't do one push-up. Neither. So, I was, I was was so overweight, I couldn't do one push-up. So, I had this program and it was three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It was just push-ups. That's all, that's all I could kind of understand at the time. And you do one push-up, like a negative. Yeah. And then rest a minute, one push-up, one push-up. That was it. On the Wednesday, you'd add one rep to one set. And on the Friday, you'd add another rep to another set. So eventually, you do like two, two, two. Okay. Then two, three, three. You know? Okay, yeah, yeah. So it just literally adding one rep each time you did it. I went from... It took a while, but I went from doing one push-up. I was able to do sets of like eighty to ninety. I mean, that's a that's a lot. Yeah, I I generally always had like training in the gym and stuff. I I don't tend to do a lot of press ups, and I promised myself on this like five month trip that I would be doing press ups every day, and I have done maybe twenty the entire trip. <laughs> I just haven't, I just don't do it. And same with stretching and mobility. Like I said, I've fallen so far out of habit that it's terrible. But I like to think that an absolute minimum. I would be shocked if I couldn't do 30 myself. And that's like a that's like a level I hold myself to. So if I dropped down and I did like 27, I'd be like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. I, I need to take that to another level. But on the flip side of that, I remember similarly to you, press-ups were the first thing I focused on. That and planks, actually. Yeah. And I can still remember my first proper press-up. Yeah. I ran upstairs to my mum and I went to show her. And then because I had just done a first proper press-up, I tried to show her and I, I collapsed in front of her. And I just remember that being like, okay, I can, I can, I can do this now. Yeah, like, yeah, I can, yeah. I've done one, and it's kind of like working into that. And same in COVID, when had no gym equipment around or anything like that, I was like, do you know what? Now's probably the time to approach my embarrassing ability to do pull-ups because I could do barely two or three pull-ups mm-hmm. with like decent technique, and God knows what I could do now. But I, I managed to build up to doing good numbers in working sets, and um, it's dramatic how much those bodyweight movements do actually impact your life often more than sitting on a row machine or something like that and trying to do a lap pull down machine or something like that it just doesn't seem to convert in the same way that i mean also i just just quickly back to what you you were saying with with traveling and fitness yeah i think one way you got to give yourself some some sort of of course i don't don't believe myself about it yeah because you know as you know if you're going to go traveling and you're struggling to find gyms i don't i don't think uh it should be that huge of a, or try not to make it. I know it's harder said than done. Obviously, if you like gym and you like fitness, try not to make it the whole. Yeah, of course. The whole, the what's it called? You know, a whole focus. A whole, you yeah, a whole problem because you know you're out. You're, trip around I it. think you're, you're out here to kind of experience other things yeah, and learn other things. Um, so yeah, I which which effectively is kind of almost gym for the mind a little bit because you just have to learn to rewire things. We've we've joked before about how you'll get off the plane in some of these Asian countries and you'll see traffic going the wrong way down the road to where it should be. And that's like your first hint of life is not the same out here. Mm-hmm. And so there's cultural shocks. Um, there's social shocks. There's, like there's so many different things that your brain's got to process that if you were trying to maintain any sort of 
normal habits that you had from home yeah you're gonna really really struggle and you won't you won't really enjoy yourself like i'm actually gonna find it really difficult to go back to ways that of, of things in the uk just certain things seem so simple out here now that i've got my head around them that i'm like why on earth i mean if i wanted if i wanted to book a ticket to go to a different country i could probably walk into tourist office give them cash and they'll write it on a piece of paper and it'll be done in the uk i need to book like five things on my phone have copies of all of them maybe mm -hmm. print them out it's such a pain in the ass, and i think that side of things is going to be difficult for me mentally going back but at the same time coming out here obviously that's a massive shock yeah. and i'm not able to think about oh i'll go to a gym down the road because i have to go and find a way to plan the next week of my life yep um, in advance and i think it's it's such a it's such a healthy thing to throw those spanners in the works and kind of refigure out what's important yeah ex exactly and now that you're out here and you're like living here i think you've probably now settled into how things are out here as well mm -hmm. and i wonder if that's another reason that you probably don't see yourself going back immediately soon yeah um yeah i mean the way of life is just yes it's, it's, it's Do you just think your quality of life out here is a lot better it is it, it really it, yeah no 100 percent. 100 percent. it's a lot better it's the the bills oh, like it just the, the prices of things are different obviously you know we're so lucky because coming from you know england first of all the pound's really strong yeah so when you come out to a place like this you know we're, we're in a blessed position um to where you know things don't seem uh, things aren't you know they're not nearly as expensive um but i suppose also it depends on how you want to live yeah, it can it can be expensive out here, and the quality of life can be really expensive if you want to make it expensive. But it can also be very cheap. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not at the moment earning. I'm not earning any savings. I'm not losing any. I'm breaking even with what I do out here. You know, with how how I am out here. But I have the beach. Yeah. An hour away. An hour away. I have the mountains an hour away. It's sunny majority of the time. New but it rains a lot. But even when it rains, it's still warm. Yeah, yeah. Um, going out to eat is cheaper. Um, so yeah, it is. It's not. Uh, it's not that the price is different, but what you get for the price is yeah, yeah. Is, is the difference. Yeah, yeah. I just be you know I, like I'm. I like since I got out here, I like being out in nature a lot more. But mostly because it's sunny, so I don't mind going out when it's sunny. Of course, yeah, yeah. As as you know, you wouldn't. But back in England, when it's like you know pissing it down, windy. Five days out of seven, most of the time. No wonder you don't want to go outside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't. I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's the thing we uh, I haven't really discussed with anyone is like that's got to have a huge positive impact on on everything. Like, yeah, it's a lot easier to go to the gym when it's not cold outside and it's you like you know where you're going. It's the same same thing as the day before. It's all kind of routine of everything around you, your environment being the same. Whereas in the UK, like you could wake up one morning and it's hailing and you're mm -hmm. supposed to go to the gym, but you're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, and it plays a massive like a massive effect. Like you know. Getting out of yeah, as you said, getting out of bed and seeing it's raining, it's just you just don't really, you don't like you go and do it, but you don't you don't feel the want to go out. Yeah, yeah. Like getting out of the door is hard. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I've noticed as well is a lot of facilities out here, based on the weather, are like open air, which is also really nice. As well. mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not breathing in. Well, I prefer aircon in in some of the gyms that I've been visiting because some of them are sweat boxes. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm aware that aircon all the time is not actually that healthy for you. Um, it's such dry air 
to being able to train in a place like this and quite like right now it's not too hot like i'm mm. sure i'll be sweating in a few minutes when we get going but like this seems like a really nice place to sort of rock up and train i can see why you've kind of gravitated here yeah i mean you actually the longer you, the longer you spend out here the more you prefer non-aircon places yeah uh first of all it's easier to get warmer like that's a um, that's a huge benefit like you get a lot less injuries from it uh after a while you get used to it after a while you get used to the kind of the dry heat and whatnot and yeah as you said it's just a lot nicer to train with fresh air than it is yeah, to yeah. train in a box so with that i guess anybody that's listening that may have already been planning a little trip to bali um where can they find you guys to come train obviously in a bird it's called a bird muay thai right Ubud muay thai yeah um you've got Ubud muay thai which is where we're training um down in changu you've got two good gyms you've got bali mma and soma who they're a lot bigger commercial gyms they got some really they got some really good fighters out there they got some good training some solid um they got solid schedules like you know i don't know how many classes they've got a day maybe like eight to ten classes a day you've got jiu-jitsu they've got mma striking weightlifting so they're good gyms to train at um I was going to say, it's worth sort of plugging this place and those places as well. Have you got, you said that you've got some things going on. Some people we've had don't really want to share their social media, but if you've got anything you want to plug yourself, whether it is just your social media out so people can come find you, or if it's um, anything else you've got going on in the works, then feel free because you're doing me a massive favor right now. Uh, Not too much to plug. I mean, if you, you know, there's a new bar getting built at the gym. So if you guys want to nice. come to, to Ubud Muay Thai, you know, we're going to have the new bar here, which will be cool. Um, but no, I, I don't really have too much to plug. Awesome. Well, um, again, thank you very much for coming on. It's yeah, been really pleasure. interesting. It's always, I always find it really interesting that I tend to do these with people right now that I at least have some form of beginning relationship with mm-hmm. and learning so much more about them as a person is very, very interesting as well as learning more about the sport that they do. So thank you very much for teach me what you have so far about Muay Thai. Like I said, I'm going to go learn some more now. Yeah. Um, but also open up a little bit about your experiences and moving out here is quite difficult and obviously going into childhood is always a difficult conversation, but I appreciate you opening up about that. Um, for anyone listening, um, feel free to reach out if you've got questions or contributions uh, to do with this. We are at Mindsets underscore podcast on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all of that rubbish. Um, so please find us share us um, follow us all of that good stuff and hopefully we'll be back again soon with someone maybe elsewhere around the world Um, we're doing our best to find people while we're out here Um, but look after yourselves and uh, thank you very much for listening and thank you for for joining yeah thank you for having me pleasure